Be ready in the morning, and then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even the flocks and herds may graze in front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Alan, thank you. And thank you, uh, Mavis and Rosemary and Emily, for those prayers. I'd love you to have that open, page 88. What I'm going to do is, uh, just the next 10 minutes, I'm going to have five minutes, we're going to have a game, which I'd love everyone to be involved in, involving the screen. That's why I'm quite relieved it's working. And then the five minutes, I'm going to maybe draw one or two applications from the game and from this text for um, those of us who've been following the series. Visitors, we've been working through the book of Exodus. It's the account of God dealing with his people uh, and rescuing them from slavery in Egypt through on a journey to the promised land. And we're kind of studying it because we recognize that we're in something of a journey ourselves. We've been rescued from ourselves in a sense, a sin that so easily enslaves us and from just all the stuff going on in the world. God has rescued us and he's leading us on a journey through to uh, heaven itself, our ultimate promised eternal home. So this is like a shadow exodus of that reality. And we're trying to recognize the shadow in order to see all the more clearly the reality in our lives. But we only see in part. We only see a little bit. And my question is whether what we see, what is revealed to us of God, that which we know of God, is it enough? I love this. Can we have the first picture on the screen? My question is, who's that? Have you seen enough there to recognize who that is? Anyone want to have a guess? Sure, um, uh, Charlie Flanagan. Is it Wayne Rooney? Is that Wayne Rooney? What, you're just an eye and a bit of cheek, and you reckon that's Wayne Rooney? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see the next one. Thank you for playing. Get him. Okay, so you get the hang. Do you get the hang of the game? Okay, let's have the next one. <clears throat> Who is that? Mmm, you've seen that smile. You've seen that smile. Sophie? Say again. The Countess of Wessex, we see what circles you move in, Sophie, but I'm afraid it isn't. It isn't the Countess of Wessex. Fiona Bruce, shall we see? 
And the final one? Yeah, well done. I think we're playing. Sorry, I haven't got any prizes today. One more? Should we do one more? Okay, who is this? <laughs> Charlie. Let's, go, let's see if there's... Sam, is your hand up? Yeah, what, who do you think that is? No, yeah, I've, I've, I'm sure I recognise. Should we have a little bit more? Oh, oh, yeah, all the Stillwell family know now. Look, have you noticed that? Yeah, go on, Max. Ollie Murs, X Factor, <laughs> X Factor. Yeah, will he make it today? Hands, let's have a little vote on that. Is Ollie Murs going to get through to the final? Hands up if you think he is. Okay, hand, hand, hands up if you think he isn't. He's going to get voted off. Whoa, okay, we're fairly confident for Ollie. It's Ollie Murs. Okay, hands down. Thank you. Let's, because it's too much of a distraction. Let's remove Ollie Murs from the screen. Shall we? Yeah, bless. And mate, Wayne Rooney from just an eye. Charlie Flanagan can recognise. Just reveal a little bit, and it's enough for us to recognise the whole. And that's really what's going on in Exodus. God is revealing actually more and more of Himself, but He's revealing really little bits. Because in one sense, he's saying, if I was to reveal the whole of myself, you couldn't take it. Moses sees in part, but here's the key thing for us. Verse 18 of chapter 33. Moses said, now show me your glory. Let's just remind ourselves, he's already had God. And that's the only way that God revealed himself to Abraham. As God, sort of title. He's already had God reveal himself to Moses as Yahweh. This is my name. I've used this analogy. Of, uh, I, I could come and shake your hand and say, hi, I'm the vicar. But if I say, hi, I'm the vicar, I'm called Tim, I'm revealing more of myself to you. I want you to know more of me. I'm giving you that invitation. And God appears to Moses and says, I'm Yahweh. He's revealed more of who he is. But Moses isn't satisfied. Moses says, I want to see your glory. I want to see everything that describes you, everything that you are. Show me fully who you are. And God, in effect, says, if I can paraphrase this, he says, Moses, you can't. If I showed you my glory, you'd be toast. Literally, you'd fry on the spot. No one may see my glory, may see my face and live. You know, just, if I'd shown a little bit of Wayne Rooney's navel, you'd have had trouble, I think, recognizing him from anyone. It's the face by which we come to know people. No one may see my face, God says, and live. You may, you may not know me, created beings, you may not know me that fully and live. But Moses says, I want more. Let's think about this for a minute. It's only a few weeks ago in the story that God has miraculously rescued Israel out of Egypt. They are the only ones, if they put the blood of the lamb on the door frames, they're the only ones who escaped death. God has miraculously rescued them and redeemed them. God is the one who opened up the Red Sea so that they could walk through it. God is the one who closed the Red Sea so the chasing Egyptians were drowned. God is the one who in the desert when they were drowned, uh, Dying of thirst from no water. God is the one who through the obedience of Moses provided water in the rock. God has done so many things in their recent past. Weeks. No more than that. What would you or I do? What I would, I'd say, 
That's, that's fantastic. I'd write it all out. I'd write a book. Sell it, baby. I'd sort of live on what God has done. No, God's been amazing in the past. But Moses isn't satisfied with what God has done in the past. Lord, more. More. More of you. What was it that Jesus taught us to pray? We've just prayed it now. Our Father who art in heaven, da, da, da. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Not give us a month's supply and then I won't need to bother you again. We'll live off that. Give us today for now what I need for today and now. And tomorrow, by implication, I'm going to ask the same thing. Give me tomorrow, tomorrow's bread. Give me the next day, next day's bread. In other words, Jesus teaching us to pray, like Moses, to be completely reliant on, on the Lord for every moment. Notwithstanding what God has done in the past, more, more, more. Show me your glory. And God says, look, I cut you a deal, Moses. I love your heart. I love your heart. You are the kind of guy I need to lead people like this. What we'll do is uh, you come up the mountain. I'll find a little sort of gap in the rock. You hide in the rock. I'll put my hand over you so that when I pass in all my glory, you won't be fried. But I will be there. My presence will be with you. And Moses says, deal. And up he goes with the tablets, redoes the the law again uh, on the tablets of stone. And God comes. Chapter 34 and verse 6. Yahweh, who's revealed himself to Moses, now is present with him. He passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That's who he is. We, we, can, we can see pictures of Fiona Bruce or Wayne Rooney or whoever it might be, and we, we kind of recognize them, but do we know them? What God is doing here is saying, I don't want you just to recognize me, either in part or in whole. I want you to know me, Moses. This is who I am. I'm the Lord. I'm compassionate. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. I'm abounding in love and faithfulness. There's justice in my name and punishment as a consequence for sin. But there's so much blessing for generation after generation for those who come in covenant with me and know me. And there's always a temptation can be, well, that was all, right, all very well for Moses back then, several thousand years ago. What about us now? I want to know the presence of the Lord in my life now. I, I want to know his presence with me. What's interesting is that throughout the history of Israel, in times of um, apostasy, when they were in rebellion, they recalled his name. In times of trial and crisis, they recall his name. The Lord, gracious and compassionate, abounding in love, faithful. Time and time again, that rehearsal of who he is appears in the people of Israel's history. You see it in the Psalms, you see it in Jonah, you see it in Nehemiah, when uh, they are confessing their sins as a nation. At key points in the nation's history, they remember who God is and the revelation of his character. But what about us now? How can we know the presence of God? Just turn with me as I, as I finish to page 1004, the start of John's gospel. We'll have this reading 
uh, read at many carol services, no doubt, in the next few weeks. <clears throat> Although we may not get on quite to, perhaps we will, to the bit I want to refer to. John chapter 1. Do you remember, we'd seen it just now, God saying to Moses in Exodus, no one may see my face, my glory and live. That's why he covers Moses up. But look what John says of Jesus, who he calls the Word, in verse 14 of chapter 1. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us, presenced himself amongst us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. No one may see God's glory. No one may see God's face or they will die. No. John is saying, look what's happened. That was just shadow stuff. Now the reality is that we can see God's glory. We can see God's face as we look at Jesus. And we won't die. In fact, that's the source of our life. Look at verse 18, right at the bottom there. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. What Moses was hankering after and longing for, show me your glory. God has done for us in Jesus. And Jesus has come in order to reveal to us and show us not just what God looks like, but who he is. So that we might continually live in his presence as he lives in us. That more and more of his life of compassion and love being slow to anger, being faithful, more and more of his life might grow and pour out of our lives. That in all situations and in all tests, whatever lies ahead in the coming days or weeks or months, as we sang, Jesus' love is very wonderful, fully revealed, living in us if we are in Christ. Just a moment for us to pause and reflect on the shadow that Moses experienced, the reality that we experience in Christ. A moment too for us to search our hearts aided by the Spirit. To ask if there are things of God's nature and character that like Moses we should be seeking more of. Are there ways in your daily lives, my daily life, where I need to see more of God's glory, more of his character, more of him in me? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our final hymn. It's a Christmas carol, really. Joy to the world.